Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. After it's all done, the tribes on the east side, the tribes on the west side, they all have their land, and it's all parceled out there. They're in it. And notice what Joshua... Remember, Joshua was a member of the tribe of Ephraim. Now, Ephraim had already received its inheritance, but what Moses had done has has, has given Joshua a special parcel of land. And he did the same thing for Caleb. And why those two brothers? Why these two men... Because those are the only two who really had faith in God. They believed in God. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob concludes chapters 18 and 19 of the book of Joshua with the final division of the land among the tribes of Israel. At the end, the scripture says, the children of Israel gave an inheritance among them to Joshua, son of Nun. Joshua received what was promised to him by God, but in remarkable humility, he received his portion last. This is the kind of humble service and concern for others that makes Joshua such a wonderful picture of Jesus Christ. And now, let's join Pastor Rob with today's study. He's going to set foot on the Mount of Olives and it's going to cleave in two. And the water's going to gush out from the threshold of that temple at that time. And it's going to go down into the Mediterranean on the west. And it's going to go down the, the Jordan or the, 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 the Judah, Judean foothills down to the Jordan Valley. And the Bible says in Ezekiel, I think it's 48, 47, 48, in those two chapters, that the Dead Sea is going to be made whole again. People are going to be fishing in the millennium. The Salt Sea, they're going to be fishing. They're going to be eating fish from the Dead Sea. It's going to be replenished. And just to think about that is just overwhelming. I sat there and I literally was shaking, considering all that had happened there and all that's going to happen. It's really quite the rush. (laughs) But notice verse 1 of chapter 19. It says, The second lot came out for Simeon. For the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families, and their inheritance was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. They had in their inheritance Beersheba, or Sheba, Moladah, Hazar, Shual, Bela, Ezim, Eltolad, Bethel, or Bethuel, I'm sorry, Hormah, Ziklag. You remember David and Ziklag. This is the Ziklag. Beth, Markarboth, Hazar, Susa, Beth, Labaoth, and Sharuhen, 13 cities and their villages. Ain, Ramon, Ether and Ashan, four cities and their villages, and all the villages that were all around these cities, as far as Baaleth, Be'er, Ramah of the south, 
This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Simeon according to their families. And the inheritance, verse 19, of the children of Simeon was included. Notice this. This is kind of odd because it's, a, it's one of the uh, kind of an anomaly when you see it on a map because right in the center of Judah's inheritance, you've got this little block where Simeon is inside that. And he gives us the reason why here. He says, The inheritance of the children of Simeon was included in the share of the children of Judah. And why is that? It tells us. For the share of the children of Judah was too much for them. And I think if you look at that, you can see. You can see that the the area of Judah was very expansive, very wide. And so the share of children of Judah was too much for them. Therefore, the children of Simeon had their inheritance within the inheritance of that people. Kind of neat. Verse 10, then the third lot came out to the children of Zebulun, according to their families, and the border of their inheritance was as far as Serid, and their border went toward the west to Merilah, went to Debesheth, and extended along the brook that is east of Jokneam. Then from Sered, it went eastward toward the sunrise along the border of Chislah-Tabor, and went out toward Deberath, bypassing Jephia. And from there, it passed along the east of Gath-Hefer toward Ephkazin and extended to Ramon, which borders on Nia. Then the border went around it on the north side of Hanathon, and it ended in the valley of Jephthah-El. Included were Ketaf, Nahalal, Shimron, Idalah, and Bethlehem. We know that, right? Bethlehem, that's one that we recognize, <laughs> the city of bread. Twelve cities with their villages. Verse 16, this was the inheritance of the children of Zebulun according to their families. These cities with their villages. Again, I love how clear everything is. No one has a claim to this land like the children of Israel do. It doesn't belong to the Palestinians. It doesn't belong to their Arab neighbors. It doesn't belong to the United States. It doesn't belong to Great Britain, who had their finger in this whole thing in their times past. It doesn't belong to anyone except for God, and he gave it to them, and it's an everlasting thing. He gave it to them. In fact, God gave them all the way from the, from the river of Egypt, which may be um, the Nile River or an, uh, a river over in that area, all the way over to the Euphrates River, over in the, where Babylon is. He gave them that whole land. They have never, ever inhabited all of that land. The closest they got was during Solomon's reign. Between David and Solomon, the, the kingdom was pretty expansive, but it never, ever got to that point. But guess what? In the millennial reign, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be there, and they're going to have all of it. And there'll be no disputes. There'll be no... There'll be no problems. There'll be no courtrooms. So the land of Issachar, verse 17, the land of Issachar. The fourth lot came to Issachar for the children of Issachar according to their families. And their territory went to Jezreel and included Chesuloth, Shunem, Hephraim, Shion, Anaharath, Rabbith, Kishion, Abez, Remeth, and Ganim, and Hadah, and Beth Pazez, and the border reached to Tabor, Shehazimah, and Beth Shemesh. Their border ended at the Jordan. Sixteen cities with their villages. Not fifteen cities, but sixteen cities. Everything is very well notated. Everything is very precise and exact, as you can expect from the Lord. 
He's a, he's a God of order. He's not a God of disorder. This was the inheritance of the children of Issachar, according to their families, the cities and their villages. And then the fifth lot came out for the tribe of the children of Asher, according to their families. And their territory included Helkath, Hali, Beten, Akshaph, Elamelech, Ahmad, and Mishal. It reached to Mount Carmel westward along the brook Shihor Libnath. It returned toward the sunrise to Beth Dagon. And it reached to Zebulun and to the valley of Jephthah-el, then northward beyond Beth-Amech and Nael, bypassing Kabul, which was on the left, including Ebron, Rehob, Haman, and Cana, as far as greater Sidon. And the border turned to Ramah and to the fortified city of Tyre. And then the border turned to Hosah and, and ended at the sea by the region of Akzib, also, Uma, Aphek, and Rehob were included, 22 cities and their villages, and this was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Asher, according to their families, these cities with their villages. And again, I, I just love how clear God is. There's no problems yet. <laughs> so, the sixth lot came out to the children of Naphtali, for the children of Naphtali, according to their families, and their border began at Heleph, enclosing the territory from the terebinth tree in Zayanamim, Adami, Nekeb, and Jabneel, as far as Lachum, it ended at the Jordan. And from Heleph, the border extended westward to Asnath-Tabor, and went out from there toward Hukok. It adjoined Zebulun on the south side and Asher on the west side, and ended at Judah by the Jordan toward the sunrise. And I love how God puts these directional things in the Scripture. And it's so interesting. As you read your Bible, make sure you make note of these things, geographical things, uh, things where the sun is rising, where the sun is setting. You know, God doesn't you know, say you know, where the sun rises and then says that it's in the east or in the west because everyone knows the sun rises in the east. And, you know, it, it would only make sense. I mean, there, there's no errors like that. God knows what he means, and he means what he says. And he's very accurate. So the sixth lot came to the children of Naphtali. Naphtali is this area up around the Sea of Galilee. The place where we're going to be going in a few weeks in Israel is Nof Gennesar, which is right next to near Capernaum, right near Tiberias. And it's a wonderful place right there on the, on the uh, Sea of Galilee. And that whole land around there, it used to be called Galilee of the Gentiles much later in time. But at this time, it was given to Naphtali. And so the, the sixth lot came out to the children of Naphtali for the children of Naphtali, according to their families. And their border began at Heleph, enclosing the territory from the ter- I think I just read that, didn't I? No, I didn't. I don't think I did. I think I did, actually. I think I read that. The land of Naphtali? I don't think I did. Anyway, their border, verse 33, uh, began at Helef. And closing some of these names, after a while you start getting your eyes start to cross. I think you're probably there by now, right? So <laughs> um, from Helef, the border extended, verse 34, westward. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 33. Let's start right there, verse 33. <laughs> and their border began at Helef, and closing the territory from the terebinth tree in Zayanaim. Adami, Nekeb, and Jabneel, as far as Lukam, I think I did read this. 
So let's go on, I'm sorry. In verse 39, it says, of course, this was the inheritance of the tribe of Naphtali. But then we get to verse 40, and this is interesting because the tribe of Dan is very interesting because the land that Dan inherited really wasn't that great. The land really wasn't that great. And let's just read it because this is kind of interesting because of what happened later on. It says, The seventh lot came out for the tribe of the children of Dan according to their families, and the territory of their inheritance was Zorah, Eshtaol, Ir Shemesh, Shealabin, Ajalon, Jethla, Elon, Timna, Ekron, Elteka, Gibbethon, Baalath, Jehud, Bene Berek, Gath Rimon, May Jarkon, and Rakon, with the region near Joppa. And the border of the children of Dan went beyond these, notice this, because the children of Dan went up to fight against Leshem, or Laish, and took it. And they struck it with the edge of the sword, took possession of it, and dwelt in it. And they called Leshem Dan, after the name of, their, of Dan, their father. Now, if you look on a map, you'll notice that the tribe of Dan settled there on the, on the shore of the Mediterranean there on the west. But you'll also notice way up north, right between Naphtali and Manasseh, up there by Mount Hermon, there's this little area up there, and you can see it, it's orange. And this is where Dan also, because I, evidently there was a... Um, they, they had some... Uh, the, the Amorites drove... Actually, let me just read it to you in Judges. Write this verse down because it, it, it helps you understand why there was what happened in Dan and why they went up further north. Why did that happen? Well, it tells us in Judges chapter 1, beginning in verse 34. And this is kind of interesting. He says, And the Amorites, remember, those were Canaanites. These are the people groups that God told them to destroy completely, leave nothing alive. Okay? But the Amorites, when they got into their land, they didn't completely drive them out. In fact, it says in the Amorites, they forced the children of Dan into the mountains. So this was their land. This was their lot that they got. They were supposed to go in and notice what happened. For they would not allow them, the Amorites, they wouldn't allow them to come down to the valley. And the Amorites were determined to dwell in Mount Herez and Ajalon and in Shealbim. Yet when the strength of the house of Joseph became greater, they were put under tribute. They were put under tribute. But what had happened is when they did um, oppress them, the Amorites, many of them took off to the north and they fought a battle against this, uh, against Leshem, which we know today as modern-day Laish, L-A-I-S-H. And it's right up there, right at the base of Mount Hermon. And we visit this place. Remember uh, Jeroboam. Now, if we fast-forward... A couple hundred years. Remember what Jeroboam did. What did he do? In order to keep the people unified, the, the, the northern ten tribes, what did Jeroboam do? He set up two centers of worship. He set up an altar in Bethel and another one in Dan, way up in the north. And they had two golden calves, one in each place. And they worshipped everything. They were very idolatrous. And when we go to Israel, we visit we go up to Dan and we see that altar. There's remnants of it still there today. You go there and you're standing right there where it all happened, where they worshiped the golden calf, where they did the human sacrifices. They sacrificed the babies to the gods of Molech and Ashtaroth and all these other gods, Baals. You see the altar. It's there today. Very broken down, but... 
they, they have a reconstruction over it to kind of give you an idea of what it might have looked like. It's very interesting. But to be there and to see and to read about this and all throughout their history, and, and that's a center of idolatry, and that's one of the reasons that God brought them out of their land and they were taken captive by the Assyrians, remember, in 722 B.C. So verse 48, it says, This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Dan, according to their families, these cities with their villages. And now when we get into verse 49 through 51, we see a special parcel of land that God had given to Joshua. It's interesting that, and and now we're done, really, with all the parceling out of of the land. And thank you for your patience and going through those names and places. And I think it's worth reading because of the preciseness of it and how, how God is very specific. But now, after it's all done, the tribes on the east side, the tribes on the west side, they all have their land, and it's all parceled out there. They're in it. And notice what Joshua. Remember, Joshua was a member of the tribe of Ephraim. Now, Ephraim had already received its inheritance, but what Moses had done has, has, has given Joshua a special parcel of land. And he did the same thing for Caleb. And why those two brothers? Why these two men? Because those are the only two who really had faith in God. They believed in God. And God never forgot it. And he says, you know what, guys? When you get into your land, everyone else has their little, they're going to live in these different towns, but you are going to have a special place because of your faith in me. You didn't believe the other ten. You didn't get caught up in all the hysteria and all the fake news. You believed me, and you, 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 you believed me, and your belief... He loved that. He loved that. So it's interesting to note that Joshua waited until the inheritance of all the tribes was completed before he took his parcel of land. And you see, this is the mark of a true leader. It's a mark of a true godly man. It's a true shepherd. He waits. He gets all the sheep where they need to go, and then he worries about himself. Joshua, because of his position, he could have just marched in and said, this is what I'm going to take and this is what I'm going to do. But he didn't do it. He waited to the end. And see, that's the mark of a true man of God, a true shepherd. He gets the people in there. And then once they're all settled, then he says, let me see, what can I, where can I go? <laughs> and the city that he took wasn't exactly very fertile and beautiful either. In fact, you know, well, let's look at it. The, the, the town that he was going to take, and we're going to see this in just a few seconds as we read this, and then we'll take communion together. The place that he took was a city called Timnath-Serah. Timnath-Serah was a rugged city. It wasn't fertile. It was very, um, very rough, and it was mountainous, and it was in the, in the allotted land of Ephraim. And he was given this town, Timnath-Serah. It wasn't the best-looking city like the other cities. It was okay wasn't very fertile, and you, you, you want a fertile place, right? You want a place where you can grow crops and, and, and have livestock feeding. But Joshua said, you know, that's okay for me. I'll take that rugged, mountainous, infertile place. And he, he'd build a city there. And why is that? Remember in Numbers 32, verses 11 and 12, God commended Joshua and Caleb, he said this, he said, Surely none of the men who came up from Egypt from 20 years old and above shall see the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. That is why they received a special plot of land. 
And the same thing was given to Caleb. We don't have time to go there, but read Joshua chapter 14, specifically verses 6 through 15. And Joshua himself, he gets Hebron, remember? A land that still had some giants in it, and it was mountainous. And here, you know, Caleb is 85 years old. He's like, I'll go up there and I'll take those guys out. I'm going to take, take this here cane and I'm going to whack them upside the head. 85-year-old man, he said, my strength hasn't departed from me. As when I was 40, I'm 85 now, I can take them. <laughs> You've got to love a guy like that. I mean, God couldn't even shut him up. He's like, God bless you. <laughs> you know, man, I want a heart like that. You know, when you see obstacles, you're just, you, you don't size it up in the natural. You're just like, well, God told me he's going to give it to me, so I'm going to go take it. If I've got to whack him over with my Ger- Geritol bottle, I'm going to do it. But he's full of faith. So when they had made an end of dividing the land as an inheritance, according to their borders, the children of Israel gave an inheritance among them to Joshua the son of Nun. According to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he asked for. Timnasser, notice, a a city that he asked for. He didn't pick a, a, a really nice city, you know, with nice transportation systems, you know, nice social security thing happening, nice food bank over here, nice pools. According to the word of the Lord, they gave him. Timnasera in the mountains of Ephraim, and he built the city and dwelt in it. So even at 85, he's, he's building and he's going to dwell in it. And these are the inheritance which Eleazar, notice, Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel, they divided as an inheritance by lot in Shiloh before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting, so they made an end of dividing the country. And isn't that exciting? Again, a really happy time for them. But we're going to see as we get into, um, when we get into Judges in a, in a few weeks, we'll, we'll see that all these tribes, they got into their land, but they didn't drive out the inhabitants. Every single one of them, they were remnants that they were supposed to take care of, and they didn't. So how important is obedience? It's really important. Because one act of disobedience has ramifications sometimes that go years into the future. And you and I know that because there are decisions that each of us have made in this room that have had an impact on our life. We can never go back and fix them. We can't go back and have a do-over. And so what it really does for me is it brings into sharp relief this idea, God, I've got to be devoted to you. I've got to be listening. I've got to be reading. I've got to know your heart. And I've got to be willing to be led by you. Am I self-willed? And I would encourage you not to be. Because, again, the blessing is in the obedience. Didn't Jesus say, if you will love me, you will keep my commandments? That's what he said over and over again in the Gospel of John. We hear that. If you love me, keep my commandments. And we'll get into chapter 20 and 21 next week. Great chapter. Speaking of the cities of refuge and the land allotted to the Levites. But let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, and we pray that you'd establish us, Lord, and encourage us. Lord, strengthen our faith. Lord, help us to be obedient to you. Starting tonight, Lord, help us to start over if we need to. Lord, from whatever wreck we've made of our life this week, Lord, whatever wreck we've made of today even, Lord, the things that we've done that we know are wrong, Lord, help us to turn the page when we leave that right now as we take communion. Help us to turn the page 
and to notice that all of these handwritings of, of the enemy of our soul, the things that he's written and accusing us before you, those things we washed away in the blood of Christ. That can happen for us tonight, Lord. We pray that you do that. And we know that if we ask and confess, you will be faithful to forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we thank you, Lord. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Joshua. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.